0: Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Twyla, and welcome to my podcast, Can We All Have a Seat at the Table? In this first episode, I will be focusing on education in the black community. To start this podcast off, I'm going to give just a little bit of information about myself. Um, I am from a family of nine, seven boys and two girls, um, My parents are from the state of Mississippi. Uh, My father passed away in 1985. Um, All nine of us have our high school diploma. Eight out of the nine of us went on to college uh, and pursued our bachelor's degrees. Um, Two of us took it a step further and got our master's. Um, So I'm from a very blessed family um, to be uh, able to say that and I give God all the glory. All right, so enough about me. Um, Let's go ahead and jump into this discussion. Uh, Education in the black community. So to help me with this discussion, I found an article entitled The Achievement Gap in Education. Racial Segregation versus Segregation by Poverty And this article was written by Dick Starks And this article was written in January of this year So to start this article, he uh, used a quote from uh, Dr. King in 1967 And it states... In elementary schools, Negroes lag one to three years behind whites and their segregated schools receive substantially less money per student than do the white students, white schools. I'm sorry. He also went on to quote uh, a finding by another author, last name is Reardon in 2019 And this author stated that white students score an average of one and a half or 1.5 to two grade levels higher than black students in the average district, okay? So, um, and I'm just, I'm not gonna talk, uh, I'm not gonna give you everything from the article. I'm just gonna pinpoint some things, but I do encourage you to go and look at this article and read it. Again, the title of the article is The Achievement Gap, in education, racial segregation versus segregation by poverty. Um, This article stated that uh, the NAACP did a study where it examined Georgia school spending in the 1920s. I'm reading this verbatim. Um, In the 1920s, it reported per pupil spending was $4.59 for black students. So that means for every black student, $4.59 was used to educate those students. So if you had 500 students, that was uh $4.59 for each student. That was the money that was used to educate those students. For white students... It was $36.29. That's a huge difference. Okay, mind you, this was back in 1920. So, of course, you know, you can do a lot with a dollar back then. But still, that's a huge difference. It went on to say that northern states, that in the northern states, racial disparities in school funding were also common. So back in the early years of our country, racial segregation um from what I'm gathering, really drove how schools operated back then. Okay? You know, uh, Dr. King talked about poverty, but he understood that racial discrimination, racial segregation was uh, the driving force that that really pushed that poverty that really pushed that 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 poverty piece uh into existence he understood that okay um the article and i'm just i'm not gonna i'm just giving you bits and pieces of this article uh this article also went on to state and bear with me here um that it says this, and I'm going to read it verbatim. It says, according to a new study by Reardon Weathers, I think this other uh, individual last name is pronounced, Fail Yang, and I think it's pronounced Kellogrigs or Kellogrigs on uh, segregation effects on racial achievement gaps. uh, It said that Segregation reached its peak in 1968. Racial, I'm sorry, segregation reached its peak in 1968 and declined through about 1980 and has remained more or less stable since then. It goes on to say, in other words, it has been four decades since progress towards more integrated school, schools, flatline. Okay. Now I'm going to jump a little bit further down. It says, um, this was, this was something that really caught my attention. Um, well, I'll just read it all. It said there has also been much progress towards equalized spending. So there's been some progress towards the spending uh, that's being used to educate black kids and white kids. Okay. This finding comes from a current study on racial spending. Differences. Blacks total per pupil expenditures exceeds white total per pupil expenditures by $229.53. That's something in it. So what they're saying now is, now, uh, per this study that was done, the spending now has flipped. There's more money being given um, to educate African-American students um, than white students. But then it goes on to say, however, care is required in interpreting equal spending for two reasons. For for we mostly know about spending at the district level and not how the spending is divided up among schools within the district. Second, as Reardon writes, high poverty schools typically have greater financial needs given their large share of students uh, identified as needing special education services and There are often larger shares of English language, English, I'm sorry, English learner students. So what they're saying is, uh, although more money is now being spent, uh, in those schools where African American kids are, uh, well, it's, it's, the need is more. We have more of a need. Okay, um, and those resources are needed, and to get those resources, you got to have the the funds in order to do that. Now, it's stated also, later on in the article, it says, um, this is also in a new work by Reardon, this gentleman or a lady, I don't know if it's a lady or a man, they did a lot of extensive uh, research, um. In a new work by Reardon, uh, it says, "Is separate still unequal?" New evidence on social I'm sorry, new evidence on school segregation and racial academic achievement gaps suggest that it is primarily poverty segregation rather than race segregation that accounts for segregation effects on the achievement gap. So no longer is there, um, or no longer are they seeing racial segregation playing a part in the achievement gap, but it's poverty segregation. So it looks as if we've moved past the racial disparities. You know, segregation was, you know, separate but equal. You know, you can't be separate, you know. I mean, that just didn't fly. That was the whole uh, foundational uh, uh, argument behind Brown versus the Board of Education, you know. Kids should be able to go to schools, you know, uh, regardless of, you know, their color, okay, so racial discrimination or racial segregation no longer, uh, per this study, is the problem for the achievement gap, but it's poverty segregation. So that has to do with uh, economic status. So when we think about that, you think about communities that we know that, are, uh, that show signs of struggling that show signs of, uh, of uh, dilapidation. Delap- how is that affecting the schools? Give you a second to think about that. How is that affecting the schools? We do understand um, that, you know, when you move into an area, a community, a neighborhood, The value of your house is also based on the school district as well. You know, we do understand that. So social economic status plays a part in education. How well are those kids going to be educated? How much resources are going to be given to them? Will the teacher have what they need in order to meet the needs of the students? Those things play a part in educating the student as a whole. Just this past week, um, in the state of Missouri, the, uh, the governor put out the budget for the 2021 year and in that budget he uh there were some cuts that were made one of the areas that he made cuts to was education I think he and I don't I don't I don't want to make sure that I'm quoting him properly I think he um I don't I you know I think he was saying that you know he he's a proponent of education you know he's an advocate of education and I think he didn't want to do it, but because of I think the whole COVID, you know, nineteen, and that's you know that's just rough. He, you know, he had to make some cuts, and so I'm started. So when I read that, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. How is that going to already? How is that going to rather to? Uh, how is that going to affect? Excuse me, a district that's already struggling. In an area that's impoverished. How is that going to affect educating kids that's not getting what they already need if they're not getting it? How is that going? How, how is the cuts going to affect districts? Because it's going to affect districts. I don't know how. These are the questions we need to be asking. These are the questions we need to be asking our local leaders. Well, what does this mean for education? I know we have a lot going on. We got COVID-19 and this is huge. And that's, you know, we got to make sure, you know, uh, we understand how to navigate through this uh, pandemic, you know. But we also got to, we we got to understand how to survive. And education is one of those um, areas where students need to be able to survive in. They got to get a good education. If they're going to make it in this world today, they got to have a solid education. But if you, if a school rather, is in an impoverished area, How is that affecting the achievement gap? And if budget cuts are coming down, how is that going to affect an already impoverished area? Impoverished area, excuse me. This is where communities need to come together. Business leaders, church pastors, leaders. This is where we need to come together, residents, and discuss What is this going to mean uh, to our school system? How how, how is this going to affect our students? Because we got to make sure that they're still being educated. Even during this pandemic, we we still got to make sure that there is some element of normalcy for them. We know that, you know, the the new norm is, you know, people are still having a hard time adjusting to it. So now when you talk about budget cuts, that's, that's another layer of something that students are going to have to, uh, adjust to because they're going to be affected in some way. They may not see the effects right off, but in some way they're going to be affected. So we need to figure out what is it that we can do as a community to make, uh, These moments, not so negatively impactful. And I don't mean talking at each other. I mean talking to each other, listening, having a listening session. Finding out, what is it that you need from me? What is it that I need from you? How can we meet somewhere in the middle, find some common ground? You know, there's so much going on um in our world today, again with COVID nineteen, and then we have the racial tension that is that is at a level I've never seen it at. Um I mean it's it's quite I mean it is it's 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 frightening to see that racial tension where it is. People are already on the edge because of COVID nineteen. And then you couple that with the racial tension and then you know covid-19 brings about loss of income see that's that's another thing that 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 plays into um uh poverty by uh segregation by poverty you know you know you have communities where you know where where jobs are lost and that's that's another layer so we got to figure out a way to help each other through this moment so I mean, we got to start somewhere. And the reason why I wanted this podcast was simply because it it felt like to me that uh, we as a community, as an African-American community, we've been talking at each other, but we're not talking to each other. And if you don't talk to each other and listen to each other, you're not going to we, we can't help each other. So I want to know from you, what is it that we can do to strengthen the African-American community? What is it that we can do to bring about some stability in our community? So that kids can feel that they are being nurtured and cared for. You know, we hear the, remember the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, well, it seems like to me the village is broken. What are we going to do to repair the village? Boy, that's that's a podcast right there. What are we going to do to repair the village? The village is broken. The village is broken. I'll say it again. The village is broken. we got to find a way to this. It seems like we're so separated now, even within our own community. The village is broken. The education, and that that's, that's. Affecting the educational system because the village is broken. Parents, you are a huge factor in the educational system. You are a key player in the village. The village is broken. We need you. I'm coming to you as a teacher. I need need you to talk to me and tell me what you need from me. I need you to tell me about your child that I'm educating. Tell me what I need to do to reach your child, to get the best out of your child. The village is broken. I should not be the one telling you about your child and what he or she can do. You should be telling me this is what they can do. The village is broken. We got to stabilize the village. The village is broken. And that's what I'm seeing. But I believe that if we can stabilize the village, we can bring about some change. But let me tell you something. This is going to have to be from within. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to take a stand. We're going to have to all come to the table and sit down and say, okay, look, we can't rely on anybody else right now. Naturally speaking, we're going to always rely on Jesus, but naturally speaking, we can't rely on nobody else right now. We got to be, this is, this is about us. What, what are we going to do? Let's, let's fix our own. Let's, let's fix our own. Let's put forth the effort. Let's make sure that we're doing everything we can to stabilize the village so that the kids can get what they need to get. Let's make sure that the educational system, let's ask the questions. Let's make sure that our kids are getting the best education they can get. Let's make sure that they are receiving the best quality uh, uh educational experience that they can get so they they can be ready to move on in their educational journey and be ready for this tough world we got to stabilize this village this village got to be stable now I don't know what um you all were expecting from this podcast but the one thing I am going to do is I'm going to ask for input because I don't have any answers. I may can give some suggestions, but I certainly don't have all the answers. But I know what I'm seeing, I'm not liking. And it's disheartening. And we have always been a resilient people. We have lost our focus. Let's get back to the focus, let's get back to being focused and stabilizing the village so that we can provide that nurturing environment for our kids. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to what it means to to, uh, make sure that our kids are being given the best opportunities they can get. You know, I I, I often, uh, well, not often, but, you know, when we think about the movement that Dr. King started and, you know, how they really band together during this time, during that time where they were trying to get equality and, and you know, um, whether it was better jobs or the voting or, you know. They really, they stuck together. We got to get back to that. That's what we need. We need that. We we need that togetherness. And I'm not saying we're not together, but I'm saying we are, we're distracted. There's so much going on. Let's make sure that our kids are getting the best education that they can get. Let's make sure, parents, that you are right in there. And I know you are. Stay advocating for your kids. Stay advocating for your kids. Don't listen. Listen. Don't accept anything less than the very best for your kid, for your child. Your child deserves the best education. Your child does. Listen. If you all got questions about what's going on, then you have you should be asking those questions. Because listen, it's your child ed- education that's 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 at stake here. Ask the questions. Business leaders in these communities. Listen, hey, we need y'all. We need you all to say, listen, what what, what are we gonna do to make sure that you know uh the kids of to- today will become the leaders of tomorrow. What do we, what, let's, let's, let's put something together to make sure that our students in this community are getting the best educational opportunity they can get. What do we need to do to band together with the district and the schools and, and, and the community to make sure that this is happening? Man, if we do that, we would be unstoppable. I want you all to remember Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street was the model, baby. Black Wall Street was the model. They had businesses. Um, they, I didn't even know they had schools. Blew me away. They had a school. Black, they owned banks, I think. They had just, man, Black Wall Street was the model. We need to, we need to get back to that model of Black Wall Street. That was a village. That was a strong village. That village was strong. But it seems as if when they broke that village, when they burned it down, when they broke it, they broke something in us. They broke something. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that model. Let's be the village of Black Wall Street. I want to see every child in America do well. I want I want to see every child. You know, there are times when I, studying for my master's degree, I had to do a lot of, re, uh, some research. And I would pull articles. And it wasn't, you know, I don't really recall how many times I saw it. But one time, even if it was just one time there was too many. When it talked about um, I guess uh achievement, educational achievement, or the lack thereof, African American students was a part of that study. I I I, I it, it I'm like, why well, why why do we have to be a part of this study? You know, when you talk about uh, maybe lack of achievement or low socioeconomic status. What what why why do we have to be in that number? You know, why can't we be uh, a an excluded factor out of that? We we can do it. We can do it. But listen, we gotta we we, we gotta get our focus back. We gotta get our focus back. So listen This podcast is not going to be a long one, this first one. Um, But I really wanted to talk about, you know, education in the black community. Because I don't think it's focused on enough. You know, um, think about how many schools have closed down in African American communities. And then those students are, 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 are sent to another school somewhere else when they should be able to walk up the street around the corner or around the block and go to a school in their community. But they can't because, you know, the school possibly has been closed. Or if it hasn't been closed, it's not really up to par as it should be. I want more for our kids. I want to see them do well. I want to see them reach their highest expectation. I don't believe the sky is the limit. I believe beyond the skies. But we got to give them something to reach for. We got to give them the resources, rather. I'll say that. We got to give them the resources. You got to give them the resources. You can't. You can't expect them to be um, exceptional readers if they're not given the resources in order to do that. That includes reading teachers. You can't expect them to excel in mathematics, or robotics, or. Uh, or, or, or technology, if they are not giving the resources to do that. You know, kids should be able to come to school and feel good about where they come. And I'm not, I'm just making a general statement here. They should feel good about where they come. Hey, let's band together and make This moment of education, the best educational moment that our kids can have. Because guess what? They're wanting it. They want it. They want to achieve. They want to do well. They want to please. They want to please their parents. They want to please their teachers. So let's give our kids what they deserve, which is the best educational experience they can, they can have. They deserve it. They deserve every bit of it. So as I conclude this podcast today, I want to thank you for listening to me. Um, I welcome your feedback. Um I'm sure it was a little sketchy. This was my first podcast, so uh I'm gonna have to work on some things, <laughs> but I'll get better at it but um, I really want this to be a not really a formal but an informal setting, and I look forward to my uh future podcast uh which will hopefully include include guests. um my goal is is basically to see what we're talking about materialize into something uh, that we can visually see, okay? I just don't want to talk. I want to transform what we're saying into action because I'm very concerned about uh, our community. I'm very concerned about where we're going and uh, where we're headed and how we get there all right so till next time wear a mask (laughs) be blessed be safe and come back and visit me so that we can have a seat at the table